Peruse the News is recorded in front of a live internet audience, and you can join us on Spreaker. Studio DNA presents Peruse the News. Every week, many things happen around this crazy world of ours, and it's up to your host to glance around at them and decide what's worth talking about. Join them on a journey of the wonderful, a journey of the strange, a journey you can't laugh every time. A journey of adventure. And here come our hosts now. Welcome, it's Aaron and Danae. I'm sorry. You know, if I'm going to do it live every time. I'm sorry, I find it hilarious. <laughs> well, good. It's supposed to be a little bit funny. Welcome to Peruse the News. Uh, Danae, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Today yeah. is a special day. It's a twofer kind of a day. A twofer? It's President's Day and the 50th anniversary of Fred Rogers airing. Who, by the way, uh, would would like for him to be president right now. Oh, would he, he make yep, a great if, president? Yep, if Fred were, were still around. He'd be so patient with so many aspects of politics. Mm-hmm. I Patience think would be nice in the White House. Everybody would just love him and most likely our state of the union address would also have puppets and i would love <laughs> that's that the real, that's the that's the real one you're looking forward to <laughs> so i i like today today's kind of a fun day do you usually celebrate president's day um i i i don't think so i don't okay i'll say it like this when i was in school i did by not going to school <laughs> got it my I, kids are in school today. But I don't usually pause and reflect on presidents of the past. Yeah. Or present day. Yes. Present president day. Um, no, it's so, good. It's good. Yeah. I'd rather think about other things like stuff going on in like life. Like Fred Rogers. Yeah, exactly. It's nice. Um, my life recently has been mostly travel. I have gone to three different cities the last three weekends. It's been crazy. Why? Three weekends ago was Nashville for work stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. then the week after that was Atlanta. For work stuff. For work stuff. Yep. And then this weekend, we went to Indianapolis. For? To see my son oh. uh, singing his college choir. So That, that explains was... the picture that I saw of oh. him in a choral gown. Yeah, in his purple robe. I thought he was graduating college already. <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> well, he's a smart kid. <laughs> I'm like, didn't my he just get started? My son's smart. He did it all in eight months. That's cool. That's a lot yeah. of travel. I don't like traveling that much. I thought I did, but after three weekends in a row, I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready to get into like the rhythm of having a weekend, you know? Of not driving anywhere? Yeah. Well, and I usually work on my weekends, too. Like, it's not like I usually take my weekend off of doing stuff. Right. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I do. I enjoy a lot. Like, you know, a lot of what we do is, doesn't seem like work to me because it's so much fun. But, you know, I still have to keep doing it, you know, so it's it's interesting to try to take that many weekends off in a row mm. kind of piles up the work man that's very different from what i've been up to what um, have you been up to not a lot <laughs> <laughs> my husband had to go to the dentist he had to go through an uh, orthopedic surgeon because he had a wisdom tooth that needed to come out yeah, yeah. and while he went in our daughter fell asleep in the car which meant that i didn't have to go in too which is great so i just kind of drove around and there was this big empty parking lot where they had three police cruisers like the really nice dodge charger kind okay and all these cones were set up and they were doing driving 
skills. Mm-hmm. And so I just sat in the adjacent parking lot with a, a Starbucks and just watched them like a creep. <laughs> That was part of what I did over the weekend. While you're driving and doing all these things, I am judging the police's driving skills. That's amazing. They must be new recruits. Because they weren't they were knocking down some cones. There were some that did not do well. And I learned something about myself. I am the kind of person that laughs when they drag three cones under the carriage <laughs> of their Dodge Cruiser. All that kind of person. I also really wanted to give it a go. Like it looked like fun. Yeah. You know? Do you but think you'd do better? I don't. I, I do on one part. Which which part is that? The part that I was closest to was just they had cones set up. Um, and there was like, you know, you go like 10 miles an hour or something. You go left around the cone and then right around the cone and left around the cone. And then you come to a stop and then you have to back up and go back, you know, swerve back through them. Mm-hmm. Like like S through it like a snake or whatever. Yeah, backwards? Uh, yes. And then you have to go through them probably at 20 miles an hour, I'm guessing. Okay. Just forward. You didn't okay. have to go backwards that fast. But that and that and was you the think one you'd be good at that one. I think I'd actually do pretty good at that. I oh, do. That, I, that would be the worst. But I would be the worst at that. The, I would drive <laughs> backwards straight over all the cones. <laughs> well, some guys did, or girls. I don't know. Or you I'd can't go in see a circle. In like I'd forget to to turn back. Like, they, why am I going the wrong way? They have like four different sections set up, and I instead of watching the one that was closest to me over and over and over again, I decided to watch as they kind of cycled through, see what they did on the other side mm-hmm. of the parking lot. Yeah. And there were some really complicated things that I, I'm like, oh, I, I wouldn't do well at that one. Like Plus those I cool, like where you, you break with the handbrake in like into a parallel no, no, no. parking spot kind of cool stuff. No, no, none of that. Oh. It was basic, more basic than that. Baby driver kind of stuff? No. Okay. Not even that. <laughs> you would have been probably really bored. <laughs> I was really enjoying it. <laughs> I had a really uh, nice time. But that maybe says something about being a new mom, too. Mm-hmm. Just some quiet time where she's asleep in the back and I'm just creeping on the pose. Mm-hmm. Police officers. Watch, watching your local police enforcement. Thank you all Try for to learn keeping us safe. Uh, except for the cones. <laughs> <laughs> Poor cones. Didn't make it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you called them... Um, I think you said they were Dodge Chargers. Yeah, I think they're Dodge Chargers. means nothing to me. Like, I don't know cars. And you're like, cones, and I had a perfect idea of what (laughs) you were talking about. I'm like, that is the kind of human being I am. You mentioned a car, and I cannot get a picture of what you're talking about. Uh, But you mentioned a cone, and I'm right there with you. I know those orange safety cones. Yeah, I'll pull up a picture for you so you can see it. Yeah, Janine, you know what that is? That's a car. Yeah. That is a car. I know more about car styles than you. No, I... That's okay. Seriously. You could show me that picture again, mm-hmm. you know, uh, two days from now. Right. And, and I'd be like, it's a car. I have no idea what kind of car that is. Well, the good news is you're technically right. The, the, you would have to show me a Volkswagen Beetle. To really? For me to under... Oh, no, that, that's a bug. That's a VW bug. That's about as, as good as I can get. You could do more than that. I don't think... Could what you, other cars do you think I could identify? Could you identify a Camry versus a Corvette? Nope. Oh, wow. Okay, we're a moving Camry? on. I don't even know what a Camry is. Okay. Is that a, well, hold on. It's a Toyota, right? Yes. See, I know which words go together. I just don't know. <laughs> the I pictures. just don't know what they look like. <laughs> I would like to think I could know what a Corvette looks like, but I guarantee you I couldn't tell a Corvette from another sports car. Okay. You know what I mean? I know in my head that Corvette is a sports car. Right. So if Camry isn't a sports car, which I don't know, um, then I would then I would be able to tell the difference. Would you be able to do this? Is gonna just like station wagon? No, it's okay. It's okay. Station wagon. See, but that's a style of vehicle, not a name of a okay. vehicle, right? 
Like so I can I'm tell just curious. I'm just curious. I can tell you the difference like, between oh, a minivan a and a station oh, wagon. Oh, that's a pickup. Okay. Right, yes, I know the. Okay, I good. know the I general just... terms for kinds of vehicles. That has four wheels. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I'd be more apt to be able to look at a laptop and tell you what brand it was than to look at a car and tell you what brand it is. I think that I know the things I know, which is very little, but mm-hmm. I know more than. I guess I'm the expert in the room, which, <laughs> yes. which is scary. Um. Because I've dated a couple guys that liked vehicles. Ah, see, I didn't date any guys that liked cars. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, for a lot of reasons, that makes <laughs> sense. But one of the guys, he could, on a, on a like if we were on the highway at night, yeah. he could tell a car by the headlights or taillights. No, no. Yeah, day, see, I, day I, or night. I know those kind of people. Like, he could or the look sound at the of the sound. engine. I, I know. Isn't it crazy? And it's just like you're like. So I've learned to do that with a couple of vehicles, but they're the easy ones. Like a Jeep always has the round uh, headlights. They look like little eye, like little eyes. They're a happy little face. I think I could tell a. Well, does Jeep do anything other than the boxy bark? You know, vehicles. Not, I mean, not usually. No. So I could tell I mean, a there's, Jeep. There's some like a their Cherokee sports and stuff that are not. I could not tell you more. which Jeep it was, but I could tell you that's a Jeep. You okay. Know? Yeah, you might have some struggles. Anyways, what are we talking about? What is this, a car podcast? <laughs> hey, it's we, story time. We can talk about whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> we can like talk about all my kinds of inability things. to know cars out there. We should just make a little flash game here in the, you know, little flash card game. I could show you, like, the different oh, kinds per- of vehicles. Perhaps I gave you the wrong idea. I don't want to know a lot about cars. This is, oh. not, this is not something I want to get better at. Well, then. I'm we- just, <laughs> just admitting my... My failure here. We should probably move on to the main show then. Absolutely. Let's do it. Before we get into the first headlines that we have captured for you today, we want to make sure that we thank those who support this podcast network with their monthly funding at Patreon. Uh, All of our fans go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. And today we want to make sure to thank David for all your support, not just at Patreon, but even outside of the studio, just um, all of the ways that you have stepped up and made a difference here in the studio. We could not do what we do without you, and we really appreciate you. Thank you, David. You ready to peruse some news? Let's do it. Hey, how about you start today? All right. KFC is running out of chicken across the United Kingdom. Uh-oh. Why? So apparently How? there was a little mishap and I read the entire article. Okay. And they do not go into details about what the shipping mishap is other than they have switched shipping people. So they've gone from one shipping company to another Like a FedEx shipping. to UPS, but yeah. this is in the UK. Okay. Yeah. And so what it has resulted in, I think 80% of the KFCs in the United Kingdom do not have enough chicken to be open. So they're just closed. <gasps> So you cannot get your KFC chicken in England right now, and they don't know how long it's going to last. But my question is, where's the chicken? Is it just sitting in a warehouse somewhere? Yeah, well, it's just yeah. I think they're they're trying to get it to them. But this shipping company can't figure out how to drive it from point A to point B very well. Apparently, correct. Oh, and KFC buddy. fans are not happy. I bet not. They're they're kind of losing their minds a little bit. If you're like me, you get into like these certain fast food drive through kicks, mm-hmm. and you go there, you know every day in a certain pattern so if i was craving kfc and i couldn't get it i'd be bummed because i'd have to go to my backup plan which i live in a part of the u.s where there's a lot of backup plans so i'm okay <laughs> right here's what kfc had to say about it uh i need your help on on one of these words i don't understand why they're using this word so help me out here okay i like how they started they say the chicken crossed the road just not to our restaurants 
We've brought a new delivery partner on board, but they've had a couple of teething problems. Teething problems? What is it? What does teething have to do with anything? Help me out with that. So maybe it's like when you cut your teeth on something and it's new. Yeah. So maybe because they're having a little bit of a stretch, but they're having to figure out how to deliver efficiently. They're just new at it. So they're cutting their teeth on it. That's why. That's my only guess. Mm. I just, it's just a weird thing. It's a weird way to say it, I guess. Unless they ate all the chicken. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Getting fresh chicken out to 900 restaurants across the country is pretty complex. We won't compromise on quality, so no deliveries has meant some of our restaurants are closed and others are operating on a limited menu or shortened hours. Some of the restaurants, 80%. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to our restaurant teams who are working flat out to get us back up and running again. Man, that's a bad day. Yeah. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. That was this weekend. Um, My first one is a science-based one, and it's got me with the like heebie-jeebies. I'm really curious what you're going to think about All this right, one. bring it on. Scientists just made sheep-human hybrids, Aaron. Ooh. I figured you were going to respond like that. <laughs> um, Basically, what they've done is they have used part of a human embryo in the very early stages to assist in the growth of this sheep embryo. And this is a real thing? This is a real thing. Okay. And um, and then I guess the plan is is that as the sheep grows, they're going to try to grow human organs inside of it. Oh, which I mean, like I get that we need organs that we we have such a need in our society of people that want to have healthy organs, this obviously, so to survive. And so, in the scientific community, obviously, that's like a huge. So basically what we're talking about here is the there's a there's a beautiful future where we can grow organs for people and we don't have to wait for somebody to donate or for somebody to die and you know to pass that on, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's this beautiful future where if you need a, a new liver, it's, it's they can just grow you a new liver. Right. You pay for it, go through the checkout line, take it to your surgeon, you know, and then get your liver put. I'm sure it'll be different than that. But you know what I'm saying? Like there's this beautiful future, right? Yeah. So they're trying to figure out what container do you grow those in? And so so they, let's grow them in a sheep-like container. So they splice together human tissue or human embryo and sheep embryo. Yeah. Now, the percentage, technical percentage of human presence inside whatever's growing mm-hmm. is really, really small, but still technically there. So I don't know. This just has like a mad scientist oh, shimra feel to it but we're in this era where this kind of stuff well is and don't mistake my fascination for some sort of discarding of the ethical issues that might come along with something like this yeah those are worth absolutely worth thinking about and i haven't processed those fully right right i'm just saying it's fascinating and i understand the goal you know i understand the future that scientists are hoping to create um because honestly let's say you could clone Full out clone humans, which I think are you going to full out clone humans and then just take their organs? That feels even I know worse, right? Like that's well, there's a lot of laws world. against doing that, but <laughs> not for animals. And so I guess that's where they're trying to tr- to go in that particular route. And and what makes us human? When is our soul given to us? I don't by know. our creator. According to scientists, they don't want to go past the 28-day mark for an embryo. So they 
they destroy them at the twenty eight day mark. Well, how are you gonna get? How are you gonna get livers and lungs and they're they just pancreases? They just used the tiny bit of the embryo before that to merge with the sheep part. Mm. So they're gonna grow the sheep that technically is growing with part human cells so wait, in it so too. So they're using actual embryos. Yeah. Okay. So that brings up a whole nother level of ethical discussions uh-huh. and life. Which we're not going to go into. No, no, no. I, under- I understand, but I misunderstood. I thought you were talking about genetics. I thought you were talking about splicing DNA, like no, clone this DNA. is like this is embryo stuff. I am telling you, these are the moral conversations we're going to be having for the next hundred years, unless we all wipe each other out with nuclear bombs. Or this interspecies sheep grows up, this human chimera sheep thing grows up and kills us all. Who knows? (laughs) Escapes the lab. (laughs) I don't know. But I know like when we talk about this stuff, um, when it comes to anything else, it's like if you had need of a new heart and it was growing inside of a sheep that technically could grow a human heart because it also had human DNA in it Mm -hmm. because of how it was grown in a lab. That makes sense. Yeah. Then you'd be like, give me the heart. You know what I mean? Right. If, but then well, the other say, part is like, what about the sheep? Okay. Well, let's. we can answer that ethical question pretty quickly, I think. Sheep. I think we can answer that ethical question pretty quickly. If it was scientifically possible to replace the human heart with a sheep heart, okay? No clones necessary, anything. Right. Would you raise sheep to give people hearts and then kill them and take the hearts and give them to people? <sighs> the answer is an easy yes for me. I think I would try to go cows. I mean, I know they have huge ones, but like. Then at least it's like we're still going to get some hamburgers and... People eat sheep meat. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. You can still use the wool and the meat and, you know, this whatever you so want. This is so strange. It's hard because it I love eating meat, but I don't like thinking about it a lot. <laughs> so, but their organs, if they're valuable, yeah, I think that's a really... Anyways, this is this is the exact conversation people are having when they're reading this oh, and kind these of kind of thing. conversations are going to continue. They're going to sure. continue for sure. So that just hit my news feed earlier uh, this weekend. By the way, I think you were you were saying the word chimera. As I said, chimera. Okay, chimera. I always think it's no, chimera. no, no. It's okay. I I just I was like, this would be a chimera. Oh, I think she was trying to say that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Chimera. Yes. Okay. Thanks. C H right? C H I M E R A. Yeah. Um, also known as chimera, Aaron. <laughs> What's like something you would get at a Mexican restaurant? I'll have the chimera with the guacamole, please. <laughs> What's your one? Next one. Uh, my next one. Twenty-three passengers removed from cruise ship in Australia after brawls. I read this one. Oh my goodness! This is crazy. I figured this would just lock in for you. The idea that cruises are never something you ever want to do, ever. I almost tweeted that with this article. I think what this locked in for me, and we can talk about the details here in a second, but I think what this locked in for me was, I understood you being afraid of cruises because of the water aspect, because of the sinking ship type aspect. I didn't think about the fact of being trapped aspect. In other words, if something happens on the cruise, where are you going to go? If 23 people in a family decide we're just going to cause all sorts of havoc, what are you going to do about it? And I think we found the answer. People were hiding. They were fearing for their life. You know, these people were flat out. For days. Brawling for days. Yeah. There throwing were, things mm-hmm. across the, the cafeteria. Bullying and, younger people. Yeah. Uh, re- Australians specifically. It sounded like they really hated Australians. Which is a great place to go for a cruise then. Yeah. In Australia. Isn't that isn't that where it was based it out was, of? Yeah, it was off the coast of Australia. The other thing that was really surprising to me is 
at least it's quoted in the article that one of the family members that was on, you know, that was just there enjoying their vacation. Right. Uh, called up to the captain to say, you've got to do something about this family. And he said, what do you want me to do? Throw them overboard? But it ended up into this bloodied brawl. The other thing that I was really fascinated by is that the security officers who got involved in the big fight at the end, kind of what it culminated to after days and days of just this, you know, pressure cooker on this thing, they put um, handcuffs around their knuckles and were brawling fighting people oh, however this big thing the went down the security officers the security were? officers did they were using their then, handcuffs as like yeah, steel knuckles yeah wow and then they um almost hit a woman and then they stopped themselves they saw the camera was running they said you can't film and there were lots apparently there were several people who actually got film and uh of it happening yes there are cell phone videos for but sure a lot of them were taken away and they went through people's phones and deleted evidence because they didn't want it to get out, but it still got out. So I'm really curious about like the whole story of exactly what happened, but apparently it started over a flip flop being stepped on and it just kind of went crazy from there. Well, yeah. If somebody steps on your flip flop, you got to let them know who's boss. Uh, Apparently when they got off of the boat, I like the, um, everyone kind of went to the side of the boat and cheered that they were being arrested. The whole, like all 23 members of the family. Well, I think technically they only kicked off nine. Uh, and the others went with them. Sure. So uh, they had to make their own arrangements back from wherever they were. But I think six adult men and three teenage boys were technically kicked off. Some uh, with bandages. And, char- and charges may be filed. Yeah. There was like bandages um, on them and it just looked nasty. But that's the thing is like, you know, you're like you said, you're trapped on a boat. Yeah. You're kind of going to survival mode and people were locking themselves into their rooms because they were like literally afraid for their lives. Right. I'm not going on it. I'm not doing it. I feel like this would make a fascinating movie. Would it? I feel like it would. Don't you want to know what happened? Like Thriller movies? Who are these people? What are they trying to do? I don't know. I don't know. The last great tension thriller on a cruise ship was probably Speed 2, Cruise Control. Did you ever ever see that one? Was that real? Yeah, no, it's a real thing. It is? (laughs) It's a real thing. Yeah. No. (laughs) I love that you don't even know that's a real movie. Yes. Speed 2 <laughs> I thought Cruise you were going to say the last no. real thriller is Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. That's not quite a cruise. I guess that's a cruise ship. That was more transportation slash cruise ship. I don't know. They were trying to get to, you know, wherever they were going. Not where they went, though. <laughs> no. They were not no, trying to get where they not. went. Definitely not. Before we go into any more news, uh, heads up on some cool stuff going on at our Patreon. If you are a patron of Studio DNA Podcast Network, not only do you get all the fun little perks of, you know, like your own podcast feed, that kind of thing, but up until the end of this month of February of 2018, uh, you will also get the annual gift if you're a giver at $10 a month or more. And so we've got a pretty cool gift button set that we're sending out uh, here very soon, but we'd love for you to be able to get in on that. So if you already give and you want to up it to $10, we'll definitely send one of those out your way. I'm excited for you to see them. You can go to patreon.com slash studio DNA to give today. And thanks so much for your support. All right, what's next, Danae? What else did you find while perusing the newsing? This one will not leave my feeds. It keeps getting higher and higher and higher of interest. And I think it's because more and more and more people are becoming aware that there's been this big dog food recall. Oh, yeah. Because they found a euthanasia drug inside of it. 
that's that has to be purposeful, right? Like that is somebody who hates animals. I don't know trying to do this. I, 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 that can't happen accidentally. That's what my mind goes to, but I'm so concerned that this would even happen. It actually, one dog did uh, didn't Overdose. make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a person that gave, I think, four of their dogs their dog food, mm-hmm. and they all started acting really like weird and lethargic and just kind of kooky. And so he took them to the vet, and the smallest one didn't make it. Um, and so he thought, well, what's the only thing that changed? And so he sent the dog food off to get tested, and it came back uh, that it had a drug in it called is it pentobarbital? Mm-hmm. So, and that is one of the drugs that's used. Now, it's a small amount, so it shouldn't actually hurt any dogs. So, it's a um it's considered a not a mandatory recall. It's more like where the company who's in charge of everything, you know, is saying just go ahead, it's a you can bring it back, we'll refund you. And they said that they did trace it back to one supplier. It was a single supplier, and that's exactly where my mind went to, is just somebody, somebody must have contaminated there. it. Yeah, purposefully. I, I mean, I'm not, like, obviously we haven't done the research or anything, but it, it's so weird. It's not like that is even in the dog food and they accidentally put extra in it. Right. And it's not like that's sitting around somewhere where right. it could get bumped and knocked into it. It's not something that people just carry around with them. No. And accident. Oh, I accidentally dropped my meds into the dog. That is something logic would say was purposefully put in this batch of dog food to cause harm. Yeah, and it's the food. It's food from like uh, kibbles and bits, Olroy, Skippy, kind of like the less expensive dog food brands and so i didn't know this but smuckers owns those companies that they own the dog i am food always stuff. surprised by who owns yeah, what and what owns really who surprising. And, and we were talking about the you know kfc thing and that's owned by a company called yum which is owned by disney yum's owned by disney i don't know okay I just, i'm just <laughs> i just know they, all own, owned by they own kfc and taco bell and pizza hut yeah so like the big three <laughs> So, anyways, I was bummed out about this, but I also kind of wanted to continue to spread the news that if you would like to check your dog food, um, there's lots in the news about it. Just research it. You know, it's it kind of goes into something we'll probably touch on later when we go to our big story. But you know, we just live in a world where we just have to know there that there are there are always going to be avenues for people to cause damage. There are always going to be avenues for people to hurt animals or other Mm -hmm. people or and you know safety is an illusion in a lot of ways and you just think of the people who are in touch with making your food on a day-to-day basis one of those people could sneeze well i was thinking more intentional than that you know one of those those people could be broken in a way yeah that they want to harm people and you know you just you just never know and i think that's why we that to me it's almost makes it easier not to worry in some ways yeah i see what you're saying but I think for me, it just reminds me I have to go to a place inside of my human spirit where I don't get into a retaliation mentality. Mm, like a revenge mentality. Because like you said, it's like an illusion, you know, mm-hmm. to be 100% protected from people. I grew up inside of a nice little family where it was like I had like a little bubble life. Yeah. So I don't think about people intentionally hurting me because I don't think that way. Right. So whenever, you know, as I continue to look around the news, it's real easy to see very scary and very serious things every single day. 
let's just con- to not go to that place. Let's continue this conversation uh, later on in the podcast. With the I big think, news, yeah, with the big news, because I think that I think we're touching on some some really valuable things to, to talk about. I'll go on to the next story though. Yep. Uh, speaking of sneaking things that aren't maybe meant to harm uh, into food, dozen daycare workers sent uh, say parents' cookies made them high. So apparently, Uh-oh. they brought in a bunch of cookies. Like laced cookies? That were laced probably with some sort of marijuana. Oh, no. Now, that hasn't been confirmed. <sighs> the police are testing them. But the people who had them seem to think that was the case. Oh, no. Well, I have actually known a friend who... This was at a daycare, had, by the way. Had two sets of treats one was for the adult friends and the other one was for like the kiddos mm-hmm. and she she told me that they at one point thought that they got them mixed up and they were like freaking out about it so and you know marijuana is not illegal in every single state any longer right. so i'm assuming this is happening kind of this in is in morning. maine so i i don't think marijuana is legal in maine yet well, that's even wrong. worse <laughs> <laughs> because that's just not something to mess with yeah, you know, I think they thought it would be funny. Whoever no, did it, it wouldn't. What? I no, I, I really think, look around at our culture and the oh, things that man. people think are funny pranks. My whole, you know, I guess because that story is part of like my world. I'm thinking yeah. that it was an accidental mix-up. Got the cookies it, mixed it could up. Be. Oh my goodness! I I am more apt to lean that somebody did it as a prank. I'd be so mad if I had a kid at that daycare that could have eaten one of those cookies. Well, they told they have a rule. Against outside food being given to the children. Okay. So they already have a rule in place that would keep something like that from happening. But let's go ahead and mess with the people caring for their lives. The adults, the adults. No, you're right. You're right. But I think the understanding is adults can take responsibility for their own actions. So if they choose to eat something that they don't know where it came from, that they're an adult and they have the right to do that. That's still so wrong. Well, what would you do? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess let's separate. Maybe you're not watching kids. Maybe it's not a uh, daycare. But that's but, not what happened. It right, was okay, at a daycare. Okay. And there's tiny people that so, need fully present adults to take care of them. Um, no, I know what you're saying. But I've also seen us at radio stations when somebody brings in food. Just eat it, right? Yeah. Can you say you would be different if you were at a day? So you're, you're saying as an adult, if you were watching kids, you would not eat anything that a parent brought in. Um, now with this story, no. Okay, but beforehand. Sure. Right. It, it wouldn't seem like no, something I'm you would worry about. No, I'm not mad at the adult that ate oh, the cookie. Oh, okay, all right. I I'm mad at the people who did it. No, I'm furious that they would be like, this is a funny idea. I mean, I know that you don't have any experience in this department. <laughs> Thanks. But I do, and not everybody that I have been around who has taken marijuana has a good reaction. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. You just want to have people in the right state of mind taking care of your kids. And I would probably not be this upset about it if I didn't have a child of my own. <laughs> but I do. So that's really disappointing. Police do say the person can be charged if they do find substances in the cookie. So they're testing them now. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sorry. That <laughs> just got me all upset. So how about, you know, does it make you think twice about people who bring food into places of businesses and not eating it? You know it's hard, and we'll go we'll go into this more, but just it's hard to force myself to just put that filter over my eyes of distrust, right? But that one really upsets me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
You Somebody think brings you in know a dozen people. cupcakes and I'll be like, mm, cupcakes. I like cupcakes. <laughs> you know, we just need to have some kind of device that can scan them for their ingredients. That's all. That's the answer. There we go. And then it's just like, beep, 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 All right. What's your last one? Uh, my last one is kind of lighthearted. Thank goodness. We've talked about a lot of serious stuff and we're going to go into more serious things here in just a moment. But uh, this is about an Arizona woman who went to bed with a really bad headache and she woke up speaking in different accents. What? Mm-hmm. Does she have a tumor? She has, she doesn't have a tumor. Because I've heard of people who have like a tumor pressing on a certain part of their brain, you know, change their accent, you those know, kind of things. I didn't see any mention in this article about it, but she has actually been diagnosed with um, this condition where you do speak in other languages. It's just. It's, languages or accents? Or Sorry, an accent. I was going to say language is a whole, like the Holy Spirit's happening if it's languages. <laughs> like. She, I, I personally feel like this would be kind of cool, you know, like, oh, neat. She has a, a very strong UK British accent. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Spice Girl, according to the article. <laughs> nice. Which one? Um, and then she also has had an Irish accent when she woke up from a nap once mm-hmm. and she couldn't get rid of it. And we call those brogues. So it's really, um, for me, it's like, oh, that's kind of fun. But for her... People don't take her seriously, and she wants to speak normally, but she literally cannot. How weird is that? When she first woke up from um, this seriously bad headache, which she has bad headaches, you know, several times, this is kind of it has to be a brain thing. Yeah, it's a brain something going on with the brain. Um, she was just speaking like she wanted to say, "My name is Michelle," and it came out rabbit fox. You know, just kind of like a randomness. Um, and then eventually her sentences mm-hmm. started to make sense again. Mm-hmm. And but her accent never came back. And she's from Oklahoma, but her now deep British accent is something that she just can't get rid of. So um, wow, there's only 60 cases that have been reported since 1907. The brain is so awesome. <laughs> I think this is pretty cool. I mean, I hope that her brain is doing fine. No, it's but not. It's called foreign accent syndrome. It's not cool though. You, you think it'd be cool because you want to speak in a different accent, but the second you don't want to speak in that accent, because yeah. now people are not people are looking oh, at you like you're a different you person, or yeah. yeah, exactly, you will start to realize why it's not cool, because what's yeah. cool is choice. What's cool is if you were to wake up and be able to click a button that made you speak in any accent you wanted to. And it's also hard for her because um, her body is going numb, and there's just these. There's a lot of conditions. There's that a are brain kind of coming event. Around. Yeah, there's yeah. some sort of brain event that's happening, which is always very scary. And but so far, she's had an Australian accent, an Irish accent, and a UK accent. Her name again is Michelle Myers, and we hope that they can figure out what's going on with Michelle. Absolutely. Before we head into the big news for the week, I uh, just wanted to highlight one of the other podcasts on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Just kind of know what's going on around the network. And let's talk about Sif Pop. Sif Pop is one of Aaron's brainchilds. <laughs> brain children's. <laughs> My brain gave birth to this. <laughs> when we first started podcasting together uh, back in like 2011, mm-hmm. Uh, we started with a podcast called Shoe the Dough, and Sif Pop was a segment on that, and it's grown into its own following. Now Aaron goes and guest hosts and other pop culture podcasts, 
So it's a lot of fun. We have a nice big following there over. In fact, I think Sif Pop gets the most downloads on the network right now. It could be. I it's think in the so. number one spot. <laughs> it was also recently featured as the number one featured podcast on the Spreaker, on Spreaker. Pla- platform. So That was awesome. Yeah, if you want to check it out, if you love pop culture, myself and Andrew Ormsby from uh, the YouTube channel Flick Freaks get together and talk about pop culture uh, every single week. I used to co-host with you. You're welcome back anytime and you know it. But then all these lists started popping up, and yep. I was like, I'm the, pro- out! the problem is, the problem with Danae co-hosting a pop culture podcast, she doesn't actually like pop culture in that way. <laughs> I <laughs> like... She has I watched, her very own particular way of liking pop culture. I watched Grey's Anatomy again. Can we talk about that? <laughs> no, Danae. <laughs> we want to talk about the best directors who went three for three. <laughs> we want to talk about Black Panther, which is what everyone's talking about. That's right. So anyways, it's called Sif Pop, all one word, or you can just search for Studio DNA, also all one word, on any of your podcast feeds, and you can find Sif Pop there. And it airs every Saturday if you want to listen live. Yeah, we record live usually Saturday afternoon, somewhere around noon. Uh, that does shift around, obviously, when it needs to, but that's generally when it happens. Well, you ready for the big news? The big news this week is definitely uncomfortable it's every week we try to talk about the one thing uh that most people are talking about the biggest news that has happened over the course of the week and i think this week it is very obviously uh the school shootings uh that happened in florida uh, seems to be all over the place uh we already started talking a little bit about the idea of safety in our lives um we're not our we don't feel like for these story even when we're doing those other stories it's not necessarily go into all the details of what these stories are, but to kind of jump off those into conversations that we believe are valuable and important. And it has been really interesting to see kind of the things that have happened after this latest school shooting. Um, and so I thought maybe, you know, we could just each talk about kind of our own perspectives on how do we deal with this. Uh, we've obviously had to deal with it a lot more than we want to. So we're kind of used to it in some ways, unfortunately. I mean, I remember when Columbine happened uh, in, was that 99? When was that? I know it was, I think it was April 20th, 1999. I could really? be wrong, wrong about that. But um, but anyway, so when Columbine happened, I remember yeah. how, was it 99? Mm-hmm. I remember how it was just unthinkable. And there's this weird thing that's happened where now, because of the attention that, by the way, I don't know that we can help but give those kind of things because they're so horrendous. I think it is kind of stuck in the culture in a way that when somebody is broken and somebody is dealing at that age, you know, with going through life and trying to figure things out, that that becomes an option, you know, and that it's just it's almost become something to do as opposed with your to angst. with your angst as opposed to this tragic, horrible event. I'm and that's always, what makes it so much scarier to me and so much worse. Yeah. And I also, this is kind of the thing too, like and Aaron and I, like, as we always say, we go through a lot of news stories and something that just crossed my feet. I did not click on it. I did not read it. I can't actually find the source. I'm kind of trying to. Um, was that since Florida's shooting, there have been an uptick in reports of schools that mm-hmm. are, you know, people are, you know, calling makes in. Sense. Um, and that kind of happens too. Is sort of this of this influx of not realizing that human lives are being stolen away from mm-hmm. you know being able to grow up and and that's like why isn't that something that's important? Like how are we how are we dehumanizing ourselves in this culture where 
anyone, no matter their age, but especially young people, just don't see the value in others. And I don't know. I remember being really young and I can't relate to, you know, what this guy did at all. But like, I remember just, it, it's all about you. You're in your head. Everything mm-hmm. is super emotional. Right. You know, it's really intense. Um, our bodies are just charged with hormones and like, there's just so much that happens. So I can remember feeling the intensity of that time of my life. So maybe that plays into it somehow. And I'm weird because I don't, don't, so I don't, I don't have a lot of perspective on, I never felt. Oh, really charged up. Really charged like that growing up. And maybe it's just my general personality, which is very laid back. Yeah, that's true. Probably because I I grew up in such a supportive environment too. Like I just, I never felt that kind of angst that most people talk about going through their teenage years. Never hated my parents, never, you know, never acted out uh, in any way. Um, all around vanilla kind of guy. I, I really, honestly, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't say that as any kind of bragging on anything. Just to say, it's hard for me to identify mm-hmm. in many ways with these kind of things. Um, I will tell you, we'll move into this. This hit very close to home to me. I mean, very close to home in that my son's middle school actually released a statement just yesterday that they had arrested somebody at his school who for was planning on who something? was planning on something at his school, and they. Thanks to a tip from somebody who uh, had been messaged something on, I think, on Facebook mm. or social media about, you know, I'm going to do this and I have an AK-47 and, you know, that kind of thing. They actually got a search warrant, went to this kid's house and confiscated weapons and plans and took him away. That's not the only report of that happening right now. I think. But we- it's the only one involving a child of mine. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? And it just it brings it into a whole nother level of oh now i have to put myself in that as a parent now now it's not just something that could happen somewhere else it's something that somebody may have actually been planning Planning. to do at my child's school and that creates i think importantly the mindset of this could be anyone we as a community um have to just decide what we're paying attention to and there's in the news, there's so much that we can put our attention to. We can send it into the political realm and try to make things well in the political realm. Mm-hmm. We can send it into, you know, so many different places to try to make a difference. But I feel like the charge to keep children safe is at the top. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I just had a child and I feel so passionately about that. But they shouldn't have to go to school afraid that they're going to have um, not be coming home, that this is just something that they shouldn't have to be dealing with for education. Well, and they're having conversations. You know, my sons are having conversations uh, along the lines of why are they teaching us active shooter drills when the active shooters are probably in those same drills? Yeah. In learning all about, you know, the what school, the what are. the schools are going to do. And I said, well, maybe the schools are holding some things back from the students that you don't know about that ha- would happen during one of those situations. And just the fact that we have to have those conversations, though, and, and one of my sons is questioning what they're telling him to do if if something happens. He's like, why are we all sitting in a corner like sitting ducks? Why don't we have a plan where there's one person by the door and some person over here in case they come in the room that we could do something? You know, I to, for my son to have to be putting himself in that situation to be thinking about how best can I avoid getting shot? You know, it's just not a conversation I, I want them to feel like they have to be having. But yet here we are mm-hmm. and we have to have those kinds of conversations right. now, you know, and hopefully... Decisions that we make as a community to collectively 
put ourselves into our kids' shoes that they do have to have these conversations. They do have to run these drills. They do have to think about listening to their, you know, the authority figures and survive something like this. Like we have to come in as the adults around it and go, how can we make sure that this isn't something that has to continue? Like Mm -hmm. it's been going on for a while now and it hasn't stopped and there's gun conversation, there's mental health conversation, there's all kinds of conversations to have. Sure. But talking about it is one thing and action is another. I'm really curious, one of the things that's really come to the forefront for me is I'm really curious what these young kids are going to be um, guiding us to pay attention to. We have a very vocal, active, brave uh, generation coming up that that have been taught and have been shown and have been living in this culture of you can do whatever you want to do, you can say whatever you want to say, you can go wherever you want to go, and they have this fearlessness to call out the president of the United States right. and say, all right, show up, let's have a conversation. And I think that their boldness may kind of rally around the people who want to come alongside. Jennifer Lawrence, for example, we all know who she is. You know, um, She's taking a year off of acting to get into not becoming a politician, but to get into the lawmaking side of politics to try to help our government do what it needs to do to have better laws, not just about, you know, gun violence and things like that, but just in general. We've got these big figures who are saying, I'm going to throw my weight this way. You know, Angelina Jolie is another one. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're just prime for moving into a solution-minded because it's not just as simple. I wish. It's not just as simple as saying, this is wrong, let's change a law. Because there's so much attached to that law. But we live in a culture right now where there's so much information, you know, that we can share instantly. But the, so. but the worst part is we live in a culture that even when kids' lives are on the line, people would much rather divide up politically and say, oh, I'm on this side of the aisle, so this is what I believe about an issue. Or, oh, I'm on this side of the aisle, so this is what I have to stick with my team right. instead of approaching a solution-minded you know, on a solution-minded basis, the problems that we have, especially in in this instance, and everybody is so worried about being seen as leftist or you know alt right or you know whatever the case may be, that everybody's af- afraid to just talk and and try to figure things out. And I don't know, it's just it's frustrating that it's, because when you're so dichotomized that you can't have conversation, then it just means whoever's in power is going to you know do what they want to do, and that's not. That's not solution based. That's politics based. Yeah. And it's just frustrating to me. So. It is frustrating, especially whenever nothing is going to change between now and the two days after a school shooting when your son might go to school and mm-hmm. have a situation had somebody not called. And I guess that's where we are at right now is if you think that that's something is going on and you feel like there's a you know, bad situation, call the police. Tell somebody about it. Yeah. The grandmother that turned in her own grandson. You know, there's just people are saying, okay, well, not, we're not going to look at that and go, oh, they're just a teenager going through angst. Mm-hmm. No, there are people that have guns and. Well, they may, here's the thing. They're going to go. They may be just a teenager going through angst, but they're just a teenager going through angst who for some reason feels like this is how you solve that problem. solve that angst and that mm-hmm. this is a movement that they are a part of or. And know, also whatever. for some reason has a very high powered weapon. We don't, you know. Well, I, I mean, I'm 
I am not afraid of the political thing. I'm not, I'm not afraid, afraid of saying I think it's silly that, you know, these high-powered, I mean, the AK, what is it, the a, AR-15, I think is mm-hmm. what it is, the gun that's been used in so many of these. I have, like, I have no idea why it's legal. It makes no sense to me. You can talk about hunting. You can talk about the right to bear arms, whatever the case may be. None of that makes sense to me as to why assault weapons like that are necessary or are, are, are just available. Yeah. You know, um, for a 19 year old or a 13 year old. Right. <laughs> you know, who got it from somewhere. Right. So and, and again, for, for my husband's 54 year old boss who likes to go shooting out in the woods, you know, right. on his own range, maybe whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and you can t- and, and we can talk about. We can talk about the guns. This is the most political we've ever gotten. I'm well, kind of you, nervous. You can. Well, it's fine. I mean, I mean, I don't mind. You you put yourself out there as much as you want to, but I don't mind. You can talk about the idea that you know guns don't kill people; people kill people. There's some truth to that statement, right? It's the it's the the heart issue is the foundation of why these things happen. They don't happen because a gun exists or a gun is legal, right? But we still put laws into effect. To keep people who would do ill from doing ill, right? So, you know, the the question is, are you willing to have those conversations? And unfortunately, and compromise, and unfortunately, compromise is just not a thing anybody's interested in. And it's just, you know, that just makes it difficult to get anywhere to really have solution-based conversations. We're so. talking about the illusion of safety earlier. I yeah. Told, I told you this, Aaron. Um, and maybe we'll wrap it up kind of with this. No, I think it's a good, yeah, I think it's a good place. Um. One of the things I started looking at was like um, backpacks that are bulletproof, which they make. Yeah. And some of them are very fashionable. I was like, okay, 200 bucks. All right. So when Iris gets old enough to go to school, I think this is the backpack I'm going to get her. And Mm -hmm. my husband's looking at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, no, if this is the one little bit of safety in my mind that I can give myself and maybe her that she has a way to protect herself. That she can, if she has to turn and run, that there's at least a part of her body that's protected. Mm-hmm. Like, then I'm going to do that. And no, is it just, I think it's weird. And you said illusion of safety. Like, there's still so many other scenarios, you know, that well, can play out. Well, I think the illusion, and, and I, is, the illusion is you buy the backpack and she's going to be safe. Right. The illusion is you're a good parent and your kids are going to be safe. The illusion is you're a good parent and your kids aren't going to turn out like this. The illusion is that you have some sort of control that you don't have, right? That's the illusion of safety. And, I mean, there there is no way to keep yourself safe from harm or the people you love safe from harm. Harm can come, period. There's nothing you can do about it. You cannot eliminate all those possibilities. Should you try to eliminate as many of those possibilities as you can? Maybe. But and if that's you- why I'll homeschool her. <laughs> I've just decided. Sure, a meteor could crash from somewhere in space through my house or a part of a plane could fall off in the house. Like there's all kinds of things that could happen. And I get that. But I if think you this have to problem f- is still happening when she goes to school some years down the road and it's getting worse and worse, I'll just... But... If you look at it logically, move to Canada and scientifically, the chances are still more that she will be, come to harm because one of her friends decides to drink and drive. 
or that right. one of her. You understand what I'm saying? Like, which is this, why she'll also not be driving vehicles <laughs> or have any friends. That's right. I'm just saying because of the illusion of safety, we need to look at the practicality of our decisions. And for me, that relieves me from the worry. It's not in my hands. You know, that's part of as a Christian, something I've done with dedicating my children is saying, I will do my best to take care of them, but they're they're gods, right? That's in his hands. And equip them. And equip them as much as I can. Like I'll do my best. Like I'm not I'm not forsaking my responsibility. Which is why she will also take martial arts. <laughs> she's gonna be amazing. She well, Iris, is she's gonna, gonna be, be she's awesome. gonna be ready. So I just say all that to say She's gonna be the non psychotic version of Kill Bill. <laughs> I'm you know? not sure that there is a non-psychotic version. No, just of just highly trained. The bride, just the highly trained part. <laughs> She's gonna be able to take care of herself, and possibly the rest of civilization. Nice. Well, there you go. Is that okay? Get yeah. a little serious. I'm glad. I think that'll happen every once in a while. Every once in a while, the news is super serious. Every once in a while, the news is something that we just can't avoid. That there's brawls on cruise ships, and. It kind of was a safety-based episode, right? Like yeah. it was kind of like you I know, can't control back. your environment. <laughs> Dog food and cruise ships. Brains doing weird things. Yeah. And sheep hybrids. Sheeple. <laughs> Sheeple. Yes, exactly. <laughs> KFC running uh, out of chicken. You can't prevent that. <laughs> we uh, enjoy putting the show together, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. If you've got news that you want us to cover, please feel free to tweet us at Peruse the News. Thanks so much for perusing the news with us today. Uh, you can connect with us at Twitter at the at the Peruse News. No, at Peruse the News. Uh, let us know what you're interested in. You can also learn more about this and other podcasts on the Studio DNA Podcast Network at studiodna.media. If you want to chat with us during the live show, get the Spreaker app and search for Peruse the News. We go live every Monday afternoon. Huge thanks to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and, on the, uh, and others on the network possible. If you support at 3 bucks a month, you'll have an ad-free experience with your own podcast feed. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash studiodna. Also, make sure you're subscribing, rating the podcast, commenting on the podcast at your podcast player of preference, especially if it's Apple Podcasts. uh, That really helps other people find what's going on here, especially as a brand new podcast. It's a great way for people to know that Peruse the News exists. And finally, a shout out to producer Phil, who takes all the crazy things we say and somehow arranges them into a show that you can listen to. And that's the news. Remember how you told me to fill my water up before we started? Mm-hmm. Do you want to go there real quick? All right, I'll go do that real quick. Okay, I'll, I'll entertain the audience that may yes, be listening. Yes, create some outtakes for Phil. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. This is when the outtakes always happen, isn't it? It's this transition right here. Um, if you don't listen, if you listen to the show live and you don't listen to the show in the actual uh, podcast feed, if you go to the very end, there's usually an embarrassing thing that I say, sing, Whatever. But I'm being so appropriate right now. There's probably no chance that any of this will be used in an outtake. So maybe I'm disappointing, Phil. Maybe I'm not.